What's up, everybody? This is Jessica Rice, Communications Director at Renaissance Church, and I am excited to be with you all today because I also have two special people with me, Pastor Jordan Rice and Pastor Lester Kim, and we're here to talk about some exciting things going on in the life of Renaissance, right? Yes, big things are going on. Now, we've never done anything kind of like this, but we're going to try it out, and I think it'll be good. This is just our chance to sit down and talk about what's going on. A lot of times on Sunday mornings, it's packed with worship and sermon and communion and all the things, and we want to just add a little bit more detail and context for what we have going on in terms of community life at Renaissance, because exciting new things are happening this spring, and we want to make sure everybody knows what those things are. Okay, so community life, that is first, I think, something we should just clarify what that is before we jump into everything, because it's kind of a Christian term used by a lot of churches. Uh, But what does it really mean? Like, what is community life? That's a good question. Leslie, you want to go first? Well, I see community life as kind of a continuation of Genesis where God, when he saw Adam alone, um, said it was not good. Mm. Um, we are created to be in community with one another. And so by design, we were just not meant to do life by ourselves, much less faith by ourselves. So we just need each other. And even if you read throughout all the epistles in the New Testament, Paul is constantly encouraging the churches to care for those inside the church, take care of each other, just because life is hard. Life is hard and our faith is something we're starting off brand new as babies and we're trying to figure out how it goes. And it's we're just not, we can't do it by ourselves. It's just not the design. Um, and so we want to provide an opportunity at our church where people can feel known and cared and loved for um, in a way that is tangible and real. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'd add on to that that I think in if I were to trace back the major moments in my Christian life, like the major moments, both the highs and the lows, at the one common thread through every single breakthrough, every single pivotal moment was another person. Mm-hmm. It was always someone else that helped me, someone else that challenged me, someone else that encouraged me when I was d- discouraged, someone else that showed me something in the scripture that I've never mm-hmm. seen before by myself. Yeah, It's always someone else. And I don't think it's a, an accident that if I were to trace back my own spiritual journey, I would not be the person I am now without other people, godly men, godly women who poured into my life. And I got the chance to pour into their life as well. So when I think about community life, I think about how God has designed us to grow, Mm. that he has never designed us to grow in isolation. And for the Christian who thinks they can grow in isolation, they're lying to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, here at Renaissance, I mean, community life has been so, uh, so much a part of the DNA of our church from the very beginning. I mean, we started for people who are maybe newer and haven't been around as long. They might not know that 
the the precursor to Renaissance Church before there was a name Renaissance Church. It was a community group meeting in our apartment, Jordan, on on 121st Street, our third floor walk up. Uh, And a lot of those people who were in that first group are still a part of Renaissance today. Uh, And then after that group kind of grew a little bit, we started another group in a different apartment. Shout out to Caleb and Samantha Hawley (laughs) for hosting that group. Uh, And so up until 2020, we had about 30 community groups across the church, right? People meeting together in homes on a weekly basis. Uh, And then we know what happened in March 2020. Yes, we do. And uh, we did what everybody talks about. We pivoted that keyword and we launched these things that we have now and have been running for the last year and a half. And those are DNA groups. Yes. DNA groups, meaning discipleship, nurturing and accountability, uh, different from community groups in that community groups were about 15 people uh, impacting someone's apartment. Uh, DNA groups are about six or seven men or six and seven, six or seven women together on groups, uh, most of them online and some of them meeting in person as well. Right, exactly. So here we are now. It is spring 2022. And so what is the new thing that we're thinking about doing now? So I've been, man, Lester and I have been meeting about this for a long time. And um, I just get really excited thinking about the opportunity that really what growth does for our church. So as our church has grown, it has given us the ability to do more things than just one thing. So since the beginning of the church, we've always had groups that have all been going through the same content together. Churchwide, every single group, whether we were doing gospel and race, relationships, whatever the series was or whatever the specific teaching was, we all did it together. And Lester and I, after a lot of conversations, we realized that in some ways, a lot of people had really great relationships in DNA groups, and they were looking for something more than just the relationships that they had cemented and formed, that they were looking to go deeper with specific content, content that serves them exactly where they are in life, that the DNA groups, while amazing, may not meet them exactly where they are. So we are launching something this spring uh, alongside our DNA groups called, drumroll please, Growth Groups. So growth groups. Growth groups. So growth groups are an opportunity for you to go deeper, to go deeper scripturally with one group of people. So for the last year and a half, two years, we've had DNA groups, which have been amazing at connecting people, particularly at a very disconnected time at the height of the pandemic when we were so isolated and they really served that purpose to connect people. For sure. So if we were to think about discipleship, your life in Christ as a pie and what the community life at Renaissance brought to you, uh, DNA groups really probably were about 50% or maybe two thirds of that pie was connection. And growth groups are definitely going to offer connection, but they're going to offer a lot more content and like deeper, I hate to use the word discipleship because all of this is discipleship, but deeper discipleship in a specific area of focus. So you join a growth group, maybe one on Sunday or Tuesday or Wednesday, and you're going to be in the same breakout group with you know seven or eight other people for the entire time. There's going to be live teaching, really digging into it, and then interactive uh, throughout the entire teaching. You're going to have uh, time to go with your breakout group, connect with other people. Uh, you would be in the same group with the same people for the for the entire eight weeks, and then 
uh, really have a chance to go deeper in a specific topic. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So you, I log on to Zoom at a particular time. Yes. My teacher is there giving a lesson. Maybe it's a lesson that's a little bit longer than what I'm used to if I was in a DNA group. And that's usually like a 10 minute lesson. Yeah, exactly. This might be a little bit longer. I might jump into my group. I might come back to the main session. Exactly. We might go back to the group. So it's just a bit more dynamic and it's yeah, all centered around... One topic is what I'm understanding. Yes, definitely. That's cool. Yeah. So we're really excited about it. Um, we have a lot of amazing plans for this spring. And um, so we have three groups, three growth groups launch, launching uh, this spring alongside our DNA groups. So before we get into which growth groups we're going to be offering, I kind of want to give a, a major shout out to everybody who was in an amazing DNA group. Shout out to my Tuesday morning group uh, <laughs> of men and women who really... Grew, yeah. like you really built relationships, and Lester and and I uh, definitely felt very strongly that we didn't want to break that up for people who really wanted to connect with people yeah. and to continue their discipleship journey in that way. And DNA groups are still a fantastic way to grow in your faith. The, they're going to be based on whatever sermon we're going through that week, and there will still be time to break open scripture together, uh, have some teachings, and really uh, have deep community with other people. But these growth groups, uh, while we'll still offer community, but certainly uh, more content than maybe just the 10 minute teaching, you're looking at uh, a lot longer time to, to break open the bread on a specific topic. Okay, this is exciting. Okay, so I'm sure some people are wondering, should I join a group? What do you say to that, Lester? How do how does a person determine whether or not they should sign up for any of the groups, whether it's a DNA group or a growth group this spring? Yeah, I would say um, yes, with an asterisk. Mm. Um, I know there are a lot of new folks at our church who have joined us over the pandemic uh, who haven't had an opportunity to make some real connections uh, just because whether just the inability just to meet in person or just because of scheduling-wise, just were unable to meet even in a DNA group last time. So if you are, you know, hungering and desiring to connect with uh, other folks at our church and want to do life together, then I would say yes. I think you should sign up for a DNA group um, and as well as a growth group as well. So, but the asterisk part is, um, I think we want. We, like, you know, we talked about DNA as some being discipleship, nurturing, and accountability. And the asterisk part is more of like the accountability part where I feel like everyone who's interested in joining a DNA, a DNA group or a growth group needs to understand that um, what's important is not good intentions, but intentionality. Mm, you know, so yeah, good intentions are like all our New Year's resolutions <laughs> uh, that fall short after a while. And so... You know, you even, you even heard Jordan on Sundays talking about, you know, commitment, about committing to something even though you may be uncertain about it. But in a, you know, in a culture and an environment where um, ghosting or flakiness is not surprising anymore, wow. that's not applicable or useful or helpful for building community. Uh, just think about how disappointing you would be just you know, trying to build a friendship with someone who never shows up. Mm -hmm. So, or even family members that we've had experience with family members who are just not reliable. And so that's not what we want the church to be. We want a church to be our spiritual family where we literally and intentionally and in every way possible with just all the, all the mistakes, uh, try to find ways to take care of one another and love each other. 
So the asterisk part is if you are in a season that you just are unable to commit to the eight weeks, that's perfectly fine. Like we know life happens. Uh, we'll have other things going on. We'll have other pop-up Bible studies and workshops that come up and we'd love for you to join and definitely join us on Sundays. But if in order to build community, community requires intentionality and consistency. And so if you're unable to commit to that, we would just encourage you to uh, still stick with us, but definitely pray for opportunities for God to open doors where you are able to. So if you're not, please don't. Uh, just because we've also had a lot of groups get hurt uh, because life has happened or people just couldn't commit. And so they just ended up being in groups that were just not as encouraging. Actually, it was more discouraging because it ended up just being two people instead yeah. of six people or eight people. And so that just makes it hard. Yeah. So let your yes be yes. If it's a yes, then it's a yes. And if it's not a yes, then it's a no. It's so true. You're right. I love all of that. Okay. So what about I'm at Renaissance, maybe I'm new, maybe I've been around for a while. How do I decide between my options? You've given me new options, Renaissance. Yes. Like I, maybe I love my DNA group. Do I stay with them? Maybe I really want to get into one of these topics because it's hitting me with where I am in life. How do you advise me? How do I pick what I should do? Yeah. Pastors, <laughs> give me direction. <laughs> I think whatever really amazing relationships that you've built, will be there whether or not you've been in a, you maintain that DNA group. So if you've been in a DNA group for a year and it was strong, if one of these topics, which we're, which we're about to talk about hits you and you want to really, and you see God inviting in you, if you feel that God is inviting you into a journey to learn, to grow through one of these topics, I would say to, to say yes to that and to step out in faith. Yeah. Even if you are leaving a DNA group that you love, um, and I also don't want you just to jump to something just because it's new. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this is new. Let's do, let's try this out. <laughs> That's not a good idea either. So I want you prayerfully thinking about what it is that God is inviting you to, trusting that God has something for you in this season. Yeah. I would say on some levels, um, that's a great question, Jessica, but there's no wrong choice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Right? It's, uh, I think either way, you'll get something out of it if you commit to it. Um, we've always said, Regardless of DNA groups or growth groups, you get out what you put in. It's so true. So I think either way, um, you'll get something out of it. You'll get teaching. And if you need a little more kind of connection and community, maybe DNA is a better choice for you. If you have, you know, if you've been around for a while and that's not what you're exactly seeking and you want to, there's a particular topic that you've been waiting to like learn about, then that's a season. And that's the beautiful thing of seasons. We have four seasons and we get to experience all of it. So if you pick one and you realize that was fine, but actually kind of missed the other one or try one, try something else, then you'll have another opportunity for that. It's not a, it's not a zero sum game or all or nothing. It's yeah, you're not locked into yeah. one for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. Either way you get something and you'll gain from it. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I'm sure some people are going to be like, DNA is awesome. Growth groups are awesome. Can I do both. Can I do more than one growth group? Like, no. Okay. <laughs> That's an easy question. That's we, easy. we want people, we don't want what America offers us in these superficial connections and the superficial transformation. So we are the most learned. We have so much information at our fingertips mm -hmm. and yet we have been the least probably transformed people in the history of the world. We can Google anything and yet we think we know things. We don't know 
these things just because we ha- we can Google them. I think what what God is inviting us all to is really to be transformed. And the process of transformation, it is not like making a car door. It is not like putting together a Subaru. It is what Jesus speaks about it in organic terms. It is like a seed that goes into the ground and it does nothing for months. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it shoots up a tender flower, a tender plant, and then eventually grows to be strong and to be able to support something. And eventually after that, it can finally produce fruit. And it's a long, slow, organic process. And eight weeks is not even enough. And to think that we can do multiple of those things at the same time, I think we're cutting ourselves short. I would want all of us to invest deeply either mm-hmm. in a DNA group, to invest deeply with the other uh, people in that group mm-hmm. and the content that we're wrestling through, or invest deeply in a growth group and allow God to transform you uh, and really plant seeds in your heart in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just also say, um, I think we can make the mistake of overestimating ourselves. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just pace yourself well. I think the content of the growth groups or you know just the community uh, more maybe heavier emphasis on the DNA groups. It's just something we can only like digest at a certain rate. Mm-hmm. So we just are not, we just need to pace ourselves well and know that, you know, saying yes to one thing and saying no to other things definitely makes us focus more. And I think get at it, get more out of it. Like even with all the food analogies I've been giving <laughs> on the DNA groups, like, I would not appreciate eating pizza, Indian food, and Thai food all at the same time. It's just because by themselves, they're really enjoyable. But together, I don't know if I would actually really enjoy all kinds of food all at once. So there is just a love, just just a, a, a design of just slowing down, especially in New York City, mm-hmm. knowing that you don't miss out by not being engaged in everything. Mm-hmm just to slow down so you can kind of savor and enjoy the relationships that you do have and have an opportunity to be engaged in. And so you won't miss out if you just pick one. That's great. Okay. So what are the topics for these growth groups? Yes. We're dying to know. Yes, I know. Yes. Uh, So I think since the beginning of Renaissance, people have always wanted an opportunity to really dig deep into scripture. Mm-hmm. And Sunday morning is very diverse at Renaissance, not just in terms of ethnicity or socioeconomic uh, class, but also in religious experience. Yeah, for sure. So every single Sunday, I'm studying the Bible right now with a dude that the first time we sat down and studied the Bible, he was like, yo, why is Mark called Mark? <laughs> yeah. And he was serious. And right. he, I mean, that level of never been to church in his life. Right. And to think that we can go deep on Sunday morning to some stuff. My heart is so that we can hopefully be discipling everybody and reaching everybody with really powerful content. But I never, I never, as one of my old preachers would always say, put the cookies on the bottom shelf, let people access it. So I think what mm-hmm. one growth group that we're offering by our very own Dr. Amber Field is going to be taking apart a book of scripture and really digging in. And a lot of this is going to be amazing because not just is the content going to be amazing, but it's going to be teaching you how to really rightly divide the word of truth and dig into scripture. So we are really, really uh, excited about that. I think of that one kind of like you can give someone a fish or you can teach them how to fish. And for everybody who wants to know how to fish as they open their Bibles, this is going to be a really dope track for that. Yeah. And again, it's going to be a very, all the growth groups, very interactive. Uh, There'll be a lot of live teaching. 
There'll be a lot of small group breakout conversations. There'll be large group conversations to get the aha moments of what you just cracked open in scripture. So that's one group. A second group that I'm doing personally, um, this is something that I've noticed in my eight years of being a pastor and my 20 years of being a Christian. Um, I don't use this, I don't use this word lightly because I know the weight it carries, but the church, particularly with our men, we're in a pandemic with regards to pornography use mm. and how it really derails relationships, not just with God, but with spouses, with future spouses, um, how it leads men to isolation. So I'm doing a, a growth group called Closing the Window, mm. uh, like a gospel-centered resource for how do people find freedom. And I've told my story before, um, you know, my first time watching, you know, looking at dirty magazines, I was probably like six or seven years old. And I struggled with pornography for years. And to know what freedom feels like for mm. decades, man, I want everybody to get a taste of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday mornings, set your alarm, 7 a.m. Brothers, we're going to go in and we're going to get free. Yeah. So the and last- that's a men-only group. That one is a men-only group, primarily we- because men hide like crazy. And I want to remove every boundary for them to the hide mm. um, in in this group. And eventually my hope is that we'll have one that- could be for everyone, mm-hmm. um, but this first term uh, we're gonna, we're offering men only right now. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, the third one, I'll let our very own Lester Kim t- break that one down. The meaning of marriage by our very own relationships guru, no Lester J Kim. <laughs> Should we call you Doctor Love? No, Doctor Love, the Love. Doctor. Oh my gosh, no, please, <laughs> no. Uh, Heart shaped and kind of yeah, romantic things are. The furthest thing from what anyone who knows me would not you, no, but Lester. shout out, to, shout out to the Real Love Podcast with Lester yeah. and Jamie. That's the joint that had me crying on 125th Street, walking past the Apollo. Yeah, Lester has been discipling so many of our premarital couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I see people in the in the lobby. They say, "Hey, Pastor, good sermon." They see Lester and they start crying, and their their family comes up to Lester, start giving them hugs because like he really walked people through. A pivotal moment in their life in premarital counseling, and now we're offering some of this teaching that Lester's been given to those couples, to everybody. So whether you're single, you're about to get married, or you are married, man, everybody's going to get something out of this meaning of marriage course. So Lester, break it down. Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, let me just say it's not a premarital course. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something else that I think requires a lot more material and work and time that... Um, I, do, I wish I could do uh, on a broader level, but I just uh, cannot do. But similar related to what you're saying, Jordan, about pornography, I think we've been shaped and maybe more like poisoned mm. in our minds of how we see our world, how we see ourselves, and definitely how we understand marriage. Like for the majority of us, like our understanding of marriage, which is some first of all something that God created, is something that we just take the cues from whatever we see on TV mm. or maybe from our own families, good or bad. Um, uh, and we're just going to go through an eight-week series of, in particular, working through um, Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, uh, just challenging ourselves to rethink and understand marriage from the perspective of God's eyes and kind of what you know, we say a lot of times at our church, uh, learning, unlearning, relearning. Like we've learned from others um, what marriage is. We want to relearn and have God show us what it is and what it is not. And so, so we can uh, so we can unlearn those things and so we can relearn 
what God really intended it us to be, intended it to be, so that we can enjoy it to the fullest. So it is open for everyone, uh, single, married, um, couples, friendships, whatever. Because I think it's a very important topic to kind of get into, just so that we frame it well, so that we can engage and, you know, and um, engage in this conversation. Because I think it'll carry over to many things um, in our life. So yeah. if if the church could restore a good marriage, that would definitely bring a lot of uh, good and healing to this world. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for it, and I'm sure yeah. there'll be a lot of questions. Yes. It's going to be great. I'm excited for that too. Jessica and I read that book years ago and she was nice to me for like three <laughs> weeks after that. A good three weeks. So for nothing, for no other reason, I'm a fan of that. But now in all seriousness, <laughs> um, I think that's one of the cues that I've taken from society in general, or maybe it's just my own sinful nature. It's just like marriage is about my own self-fulfillment. And like, yo, who's Jessica? Like, what's wrong with her? She's not making me happy. She's not doing what I want her to do for me. And I won't, you know, give me spoilers, but that, you know, the stuff that you're teaching is really kind of powerful and painful and cause a lot of introspection to think about, man, like, is the goal of marriage my happiness? Mm, yeah. And how like happiness should never be the goal. It's like a byproduct of what you get. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yo, I wish I would have taken that class decades ago to yeah. keep it all the way alive. Yeah. So it's going to be great. So those are the three growth groups we are offering this term. Uh, we have some other stuff planned for the fall as well. Um, but man, I'm just really excited. So which group should you take? Which groups are y'all going to take? Man, I don't know. It's going to be fun. It is. This is great. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, I think it's been such a blessing to hear the stories coming out of community life groups, whether it's been community groups, whether it's been... DNA groups, you know, uh, to hear the support and see it. A lot of people who are in these groups don't necessarily get to see the view that we have of people supporting one another and checking in with each other and holding each other up and being there for the joys and the sorrows, uh, offering up grace, forgiveness, correction, all the things that we need to thrive in our spiritual lives, our faith. Uh, and so I think this is just going to be more of that. And it's pretty exciting. Can't wait. In the famous words of Bart Scott. <laughs> Great. Thanks, guys. <laughs>